Now we, uh, we're going to go through the Good Friday readings. Okay, so readings. Let's begin first the uh, prayer in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember your mercies, Lord, with your eternal protection. Sanctify your servant from whom Christ your Son by shedding of his blood, by the shedding of his blood. Establish the Paschal mystery who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. O God, who by the passion of Christ your Son, our Lord, abolished the death inherited from ancient sin by every succeeding generation, grant that just as being conformed to him, we have borne by the law of nature the image of the man of earth, so by the sanctification of grace we may bear the Im image of the man of heaven, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, first reading is from Isaiah uh, chapter 52, starting from verse 13 to 53, verse uh, ch chapter 53, verse 12. He himself was wounded by our sins. Fourth oracle of the servant of the Lord, a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted. Even as many were amazed at him, so marred was his look beyond human semblance and his appearance beyond that of the sons of men. So shall he startle many nations. Because of him kings shall stand speechless. For those who have not been told shall see. Those who have not heard shall ponder it. Who would believe what we have heard? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a sapling before him, like a shoot from the parched earth. There was in him no stately bearing to make us look at him, nor appearance that would attract us to him. He was spurned and avoided by people, a man of suffering, accustomed to infirmity, one of those from whom people hid their faces, spurned and we held him in no esteem. Yet it was our infirmities that he bore, our sufferings that he endured. Well, we thought of him as stricken, as one smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that made up, that makes us whole. By his stripes we were healed. We had all gone astray like sheep, each following his own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. Though we, though he was harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth, like a lamb led to the slaughter or sheep before the shearers. He was silent 
and opened not his mouth. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away. And who would have thought any more of his destiny? When he was cut off from the land of the living and smitten for sin of his people, he was assigned a grave. A grave was assigned him among the wicked and a burial place with evildoers. Though he had done no wrong, nor spoken any falsehood. But the Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. If he gives his life as an offering for sin, he shall see his descendants in a long life, and the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. Because of his affliction, he shall see the light in fullness of days. Through his suffering, my servant shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Therefore, I will give him his portion among the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked. He shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for their offenses. The, gospel, uh, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Next here we have the uh, responsorial psalm, which is Psalm 31. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. In you, O oh Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me. Into your hands I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O oh Lord, O oh faithful God. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. For all my foes, I am an object of reproach a laughing stock to my neighbors, a dread to my friends. They who see me abroad, abroad flee from me. I am forgotten like the, the unremembered dead. I'm like a dish that is broken. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. But my trust is in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. In your hands is my destiny. Rescue me. From the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your kindness. Take courage and be stout-hearted, all you who hope in the Lord. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Second readings from the letter to the Hebrews by St. Paul. Chapter 4, verse 14. 16, chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, and 5 to 7 and 9. Jesus learned obedience and became the source of salvation for all who obey him. Letter to the Hebrews. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, 
Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. In the days when Christ was in the flesh, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Son, though he was, son, though he was, he he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. This is the first before the gospel. Christ became obedient to the point of death even death on a cross because of this God of this God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name it's taken from Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 Christ became obedient to the point of death even death on a cross because of this God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name The uh, reading we have here is going to be from the uh, Gospel of John, according to John. Okay. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to where there was a garden in which he and his disciples entered. Judas his betrayer also knew the place because Jesus had been off, have often met there with his disciples. So Judas got a band of soldiers and guards from the chief priests and the Pharisees and went there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus knew everything that was going to happen to him and went out and said to them, Whom are you looking for? They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. He said to them, I am. Judas, his betrayer, was also with them. When he said to them, I am, they turned away and fell to the ground. So he asked, he asked them, Whom are you looking for? They said, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you that I am. So if you are looking for, looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill what he had said. I have not lost any of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into your scabbard. Shall I not drink the cup? 
the Father gave me. So, the band of soldiers, the tribune, and the Jewish guards seized Jesus, bound him, and brought him to Annas first. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had counseled the Jews that it was better that one man should die rather than the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Now, the other disciple was known to the high priest, and he entered the courtyard of the high priest with Jesus. But Peter stood at the gate outside. So the other disciple, the acquaintance of the high priest, went out and spoke to the gatekeeper and brought Peter in. Then the maid who was the gatekeeper, who the maid who was the gatekeeper said to Peter, You are not you are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the guards were standing around a charcoal fire that had that had they had made because it was cold and were warming themselves. Peter was also standing there keeping warm. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his doctrines. Jesus answered him, I have spoken publicly to the, to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues or in the temple areas where all the Jews gather in secret, and in secret I have said nothing. Why? Ask me, ask those who had heard me what I had said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the temple guards standing there struck Jesus and said, Is this the way you answer the high priest? Jesus answers him, If I was, if I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing there keeping warm. And they said to him, You are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the one whose ear Peter had cut off, said, didn't I see you in the garden with him? And again, Peter denied it, and immediately the cock crowed. Then they brought Jesus from Caiaphas to the Proratorium. It was morning, and they themselves did not enter the Proratorium in order not to be defiled, so they could eat the Passover. So Pilate came, came out to them and said, what charge do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. At this Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews answered him, We do not have the right to execute anyone in order that the word, the word of Jesus might be fulfilled. That he said, indicating the kind of death he would die. So Pilate went back 
into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? When he had said this, he again went out to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at Passover. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this one, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him scourged. And the soldiers wove a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head and clothed, clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him repeatedly. Once more Pilate went out and said to them, Look, I'm bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple cloak, and he said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the guards saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, We have a law, and according to the law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this statement, he became even more afraid, and went back to the paratorium and said to Jesus, Who are you? Where are you from? Jesus did not, answer, did not answer him. So Pilate said to him, Do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you, and I have power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. For this reason, the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Consequently, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release him, you are not a friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So, when Pilate heard the, these words, he brought Jesus out and seated him on the judge's bench in the place called Stone Pavement, in Hebrew, Gabbatha. He was, it was preparation day for the Passover, and it was about noon, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate said to them, 
Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and carrying the cross himself, he went out to what was to what is called the place of the skull in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Now, many of the Jews read the inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four shares, a share for each soldier. They also took his tonic, but his tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to down from top down. So they said to one another, Let us let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who whose it will be, in order that the passage of the scriptures might be fulfilled that says, They divided my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. This is what the soldiers did, standing by the cross of Jesus, where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Calopus, and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples there, whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciples, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciples took her into his home. The disciple took her into his home. After this, aware that everything was now finished, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. There was a vessel filled with common wine. So they put a sponge soaked in wine on a spring of hyssop and put it up to his mouth. When Jesus has taken the wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he handed, he handed over the spirit. This is the part where everyone kneels, a, pa a short pause. Now, since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of that week was a solemn one, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs um, be broken and that they, their legs be broken and they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first, then the other one who was cru crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. It did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers thrust a lance into his side, and immediately the blood and water flowed out. An eyewitness has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that 
that he is speaking the truth so that you might also come to believe. For this happened so that the scriptures might passage might be fulfilled. Now, not a bone of it will be broken. And again, another passage says, they will look upon him whom they had pierced. After this, Jesus, Joseph of Arimathea, secretly a disciple of Jesus for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus. Pilate permitted it, so he came, took his body. Nicodemus, the one who had first come to him at night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and also weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and bound it with burial cloths, along with, along with the spices according to the Jewish burial custom. Now, in the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden. So in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been buried. So they laid Jesus there because of the Jewish preparation day, for the tomb was close by. The Gospel of the Lord, Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Amen. Well, now we're on Good Friday, and Good Friday basically Holy Friday, Passion Friday, Passion of the Lord. These these probably express more for the Christian than I would say Good Friday, the term itself. Good is kind of deceiving, I guess, in, in some sense, if you're not familiar what the term Good Friday means. I think for someone maybe outside the Christian faith, it's confusing why it's called good when it's the most tragic day. But regardless even if you're a passive Christian or someone who just a Christian who never really lived the faith, though you're baptized in the faith, it can be confusing. Maybe, you know, especially if you never bothered to pick up the Bible, never bothered to familiarize yourself with Jesus, with the gospel. It's a relationship. It really is. You have to really live the faith. Really know who Jesus Christ really is. It's hard, I think, if you don't know. If you don't... If you have not immersed yourself with the gospel. If you have not immersed yourself with the sacraments, with with anything. I mean, the other day I was listening to, um, now this, of course, the new trend is Messianic Jew, Messianic Christian. A Messianic Jew is someone who's Jewish and believes in Yeshua. They use the name now Yeshua. That's the new, the new popular 
uh, I would I would have to call it a trend. And they basically keep their Jewish identity, celebrate the Sabbath, but they're not necessarily, I would say, Christian. Maybe they're Christian. Maybe some of them might practice something of the, of, of the sacraments of the Christian faith. But they approach it completely from a Jewish perspective. <clears throat> then there's Messianic Christians. These are Christians, but aren't all Christians messianic, right? Well, maybe, you know, maybe not from, it depends what angle you're looking at it, from what, uh, from what perspective, I guess. And... You know, they even still use the name Yeshua. They're trying, you know, there's, basically there's now a, a movement to try to go back in time to capture the the Jewish roots of Christianity, the Jewish roots of Christ. But the question is, I'm going to ask is how how familiar really are they? I mean, think about it. I would say I'll have to look at myself a little bit. I have to use myself as an example. I wasn't baptized as a child. I was was baptized as an adult. And my journey as a Catholic... As, as someone who entered the Christian faith into the Catholic Church, I have to look at my experiences and how how I've evolved and how I've changed. And I'm going to say, yeah, I've changed quite a bit. I've grown more. I, pr- I know now more about the faith than I have ever done before. I'm not perfect, but definitely where I was when I started and where I am now is quite a distance. How, how I've changed, yes, I've changed by my relationship with Christ, my understanding of the faith, my prayer life. It's not perfect, but it's still much better than when I first started. And being familiar with his words, with his gospel, has changed a great deal. It's not, I would say, just dotting your I's and crossing your T's and and, you know, like a checklist, a daily checklist of how do you live your Christian, your, your Christian faith, your Catholic faith. No, it really is about your relationship with Christ. And I'm going to say it like this. Every single day 
every single opportunity that you receive the Eucharist is an opportunity of getting closer to him. Every single day you pray the rosary, you pray the, the mysteries of the rosary is a moment of, of reenacting your relationship with him. Every day you receive the Eucharist is an opportunity of getting more intimate with him. Every day you pray the rosary is an opportunity of getting more intimate with him. Every single time you open the scriptures is an opportunity of immersing your life in him, getting deeper. And every single time we pick up our cross and we deal with, with a trial is an opportunity of getting closer with him. Of an opportunity of being one with him, of, of, of living your relationship more deeply with him. There is no other way. There is no other way. So, maybe from their perspective, calling him Yeshua, it doesn't really matter, really. But one thing I will say this, you cannot go back in time. Christ is always present. The gospel life is always present. The sacramental life is always present. Past, present, future is all one with Christ. Trying to, to pick up the pieces like an archaeologist, trying to figure out what, what happened. That's, that's in time. It's now, you know, you can't go back. You know, like they say, you can't fix the pieces that you've broken, the vase that you've broken. Either you didn't break it or you broke it. But for us, our relationship with Christ, Christ is present. We can't do anything. You know, I think for some people, whether they're Messianic Jews or Messianic uh, Christians or, or let's say, uh, uh, even for, for trad Catholics who want to go back to, to let's say, before 1963, before Vatican II, you can't, you can't retrace your steps back there. Everything that happened was permitted by our Lord now. The same way when the Incarnation happened, you can't you can't change the world and, and go back and pretend the incarnation didn't happen. Christ came in time. He existed with us. He took on human nature. He took on history. Right? The crucifixion happened. Then, nearly 40 years later, what happened? The temple was destroyed. You can't go back and you can't put the pieces back together again. God permitted things to change. So, 
you know, we can, we can try. The important thing is to live the Catholic faith now. Now is the time to live the faith. And whatever he permits, he permits. It's his will. Let his will be done, not ours. The important thing is for us to live that relationship, to pick up the pieces, to pick up our cross and follow him. That's the only way you can do it. You can't do it any other way. All right, I'm going to end it. Uh, I'm going to end it here. All right, and uh, I'll get back soon with the uh, Holy Saturday readings. God bless. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.